Jill, before we start this episode, I just want to kind of go into a little bit of a kind of a back story in this because we're the reason I've asked you on today, aside from your absolutely fantastic uh, coaching skills, is to kind of give us a little bit of an insight into resilience and kind of talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I just want to kind of give our listeners a um, background because about seven years ago, and I, and I hope you remember this the same way I don't. Seven years. I, wow. I think it's, I think it's seven years. And I really hope you remember this the way I do, because if not, it's going to be really embarrassing. But this is the way I remember it. Right. So I was I was working somewhere and I, and I was happy, but I wanted to kind of progress. I actually didn't even want to progress. I wanted to move sideways. And three times over an 18 month period, I uh, got rejected for a job that I thought at the time that I should have gotten. And I remember deciding after the third time I was done. I was finished. I was going to move on. And uh, and I was just going to quit. I wasn't even going to look for another job. I was just going to quit. I was very upset and I remember a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, said, well, before you do that, I have a friend. She's fantastic. She's a great coach. Go and speak to her. And we and I did. And I remember I walked into a place and we we had our, our first our first coaching session. And I don't know if you remember this the way I do, but I remember it being a very tense session. I remember being quite difficult myself. Looking back now, I can like I can safely say that. And I remember it got to a point where I actually thought it was going to maybe go to a bit of an argument. And just before it got to an argument point, something you said clicked to me and I started bursting out laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. And that conversation, I know I didn't go into a huge amount of detail there, but it had such an impact on my career. It has such an impact on, on the way I view things. Do you remember it the same way or are, is my memory failing me? I do remember, I, I remember our first meeting absolutely vividly. I do, I'm, I do with most clients because that's the piece where you actually figure out whether you're going to be able to work with this person or not um, and, and move them and um, I remember it was in a pub we met in a pub and it was it wasn't it wasn't noisy it was quiet pub um, near where I worked and I remember I thought halfway through the conversation I thought he's just not getting it he doesn't want to help himself he doesn't want to move forward I was honestly thinking guy's a little bit arrogant and just needs <laughs> to calm down a bit in my head is what I thought and then I remember it switched but I can't remember what I said to you to make it switch and then to that was when I realized and how I realized that switched you is because you got your notebook out and you started to write down some of the stuff that I said oh okay that's really interesting I don't remember that bit yeah I I remember you you took your note you had it was a brown leather notebook and you took it out and you started to write down yeah yeah I do I do I, I well, that, that that does sound like me kind of that, uh, that many years ago, but yeah, it just it's it's weird. It, it just, I was always wanted to ask you what you thought of that of that interaction. So um, that, as I said, for me, had, it, it, that was a moment that like, was a conversation where I was like, I get coaching now. I get the point of it. I get the idea of it. We're going to talk about resilience in a minute, uh, um, but before we do, I think maybe it might be worth kind of giving us a little bit of background of your story, how you got to where you are, and maybe how you got into coaching and the. This is what drew you to it and, and um, what, what you learned along the way. In, in, I've just realized I've asked you about 12 different questions as one in, in one there. So I'll let you kind of interpret whichever ones you prefer to go with first. So, yeah, as a coach, you would usually ask one question and allow the person to answer. But I'll take that. <laughs> I've made a note. It's fine. <laughs> um, I think for me, I started, um, I didn't start coaching. Um, it wasn't something I ever did. Um, my career spans very a very different trajectory and I think one of the things along with your podcast is I started in um, in the health service I was in I was a dental nurse 
and then I completely moved career directions and I think that's what gives me the flavor and the layers that I have towards people because I'm not blinkered. I understand different organizations, different companies, different people, and it takes all sorts. It's a melting pot out there and it takes all sorts. And I've learned such a lot along the way. How I got into coaching was about four careers down the line. I went into work in a software company. I know I started off as a dental nurse, went into banking, then went into a software and accountancy company. Um, and I was a manager I'd been taken on as a as a manager and my my manager at that time said you've got such a great coaching style and I didn't know what she meant so I went to Waterstones and I bought a book on coaching and when I was reading the book I thought well I do that anyway well isn't that what everybody does and that was when I realized that I do just coach people generally it's how I work it's my it's just how my thought process goes I just ask questions um I don't tell you always think your manager is going to tell you off or tell you something I rather I prefer to ask someone and then I'll get the answer anyway um and so she told me I was a good coach um she then promoted me to coaching manager for the company which was bizarre and uh, I put a whole coaching program in place trained up coaches and that's when I really got hooked and I realized the potential, how you could take a new starter and rather than train them, you could coach them so that they learn by self-discovery, which means it means more to them and it'll stick. And it's just a different way of looking at things. Um, and then I moved into another company um, and I became a coach, a management coach. That was my title. So my court, my job title was to coach leaders. So that was sort of directors, heads of departments, senior leaders, and to coach them to help them improve performance and to improve their own performance. Um, and that was how I really got into coaching. And I started to, through friends, people would say, "Go and see Jill. She's 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 really good. She's really nice. She'll help you." Um, so I never see it as coaching as such. I just see it as helping people. That's literally, if someone's stuck or a bit confused or not quite sure what they want to do like yourself or they feel they just want to walk away from something, I might just help them see it from a different angle. And that's how I see what my role is. And, and that was beautiful because I was just about to ask you, I was just about to say that there, I'm sure there's someone listening who has no idea, you know, we keep referring to coaching, but there's only people listening who are going, what are they talking about? Surely a coach is a football coach or a, a, a running coach or, or whatever. So what? So what's the what's the best way maybe in one sentence to kind of explain what a, or it can be more than one sentence, a, a, a work coach is? So there's there's actually lots of different coaches. You're right. There's sports coaches. There's performance coaches. There's life coaches. There, there is a variety of coaching. But if you think of coaching in the work sense for performance or life or managerial coaching, it's about helping to unlock the person through the power of questions. So it's not about telling you what to do. It's about just asking you a question and you answer it yourself. That's really really cool. I like that, and 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 it's it's one of those things. I think, as you said, it's it's we're going to hopefully in a, in the second episode be able to explain this a bit further to kind of give people a bit of an example. But today is just about kind of giving people a bit of an introduction to to coaching. And um, one of the topics that we've wanted to discuss because 
it's it's talked about so much in every whether it's in work or whether it's in university or college or schools or you know um just day-to-day life and especially at the moment with COVID-19 it's being resilient and you and I had quite a good conversation the other week we we were kind of having a conversation about what this episode would be about and I had to talk about resilience and I'll be honest with you even from the conversation that you and I had I, I realized oh I've got a the, not necessarily the wrong point of view on, on resilience but maybe a very specific view of what resilience is so could you give us like an introduction of what resilience actually is? I, I won't ask. I keep asking follow-up questions in the middle of my first question, so I'm just going to do that first, and then we'll come back to the rest afterwards. So I think I think we started the conversation because it's something that I'm really passionate about, especially with uh, I work with young leaders, so sometimes I'll work with brand new leaders who have never sort of led before or at that time in the career where they're not quite sure sometimes that they're fresh out of university and they, they graduate and they go straight into that graduate scheme and they're placed in a in a uh, in that managerial role and um the word resilience is bandied and i'm going to say that word it is bandied around and um, you need to be more resilient they just need to be more resilient can you not just be more resilient and it's always said in a negative way a lot of the time um or they'll say something or you'll hear the words well they're very resilient okay what does that actually mean how does that help me become more resilient just because somebody points to someone and says they're really resilient so i always say to people okay so how are you more resilient is it a magic cloak that you put on do you put a pair of wellies on is it a special book that you have is it what is it that makes you resilient when you ask people that you will normally get silence because actually to define what resilience is is such a complex thing it's it's a it's a multitude of things it's not being able to climb a mountain it's not about being able to run a marathon it's it's about lots of psychological things that happen with your body and your mind and your thought process there's lots of different things wrapped up in it so for the, for your listeners who are probably just left uni or maybe still in uni and the lecturers are saying to them you're gonna have to be resilient in the workforce i want them to say okay then so tell me how i become more resilient what is it i need to do what behaviors what physical attributes do i need to be resilient and i'm really interested to find out what they come back with and if anyone does that by the way please email the show the email is at the end of the of the show please do because i'd be interested to see what comes back unfortunately we don't have those lectures here now so in in their stead and maybe trying to speak for them in an idealistic sense what do you think those lectures should say which are obviously different to what they will say but let's start with what you think they should say yeah i think for me resilience is um we're all resilient it's it's a skill so it's not something that you're born with there are people who have a predisposition to being slightly more resilient than others but actually it's a skill that you learn it's something that we we learn from um, our our background our families our support mechanisms whatever that is we learn it so think about when you first start to walk how many times when you watch an infant do they get up and fall down on the bottom and then they get up and they fall down on the bottom and they learn that if they don't fall down, they're standing up and then they can walk. So it's just those gradual things. So resilience isn't big things. It's little things that we learn and we learn by 
you learn by falling backwards first before you can fall forwards and falling forwards is your resilience basically falling backwards is your learning so for example part of being resilient is drawing on some of the things that have helped you in the past and it can be something as simple as when you have a, a knockback so when you came to me and all those all those years ago and you'd been knocked back for three jobs you you were still being resilient but what you were saying to resilience was at that time I'm not I'm not dealing with you now I'm walking away from it but what we helped you see was actually you had quite a lot of skills that you could take and move and use and that's all resilience is it can be a book it can be a song title it can be um a quote it can be a quote from a movie it can be anything and that can help you move forward with resilience people think resilience is this massive big coat of armor that we have but actually it's broken down the first thing that we need is that little bit of mental resilience so let's look at those negative thought patterns what's stopping us moving forward what are we saying to ourselves and then that next thing is that physical so what are we doing about it? How physical are we being? Are we just going to sit and lounge around in our sweatpants all day and mooch? Or are we going to get up and go for a walk and clear our head? I'm not saying go to the gym. I'm not saying run 15 miles. I'm just saying get up and walk around, have a think, put some good music on. All those kind of things will help your resilience because the next time you get a knockback, you'll think, okay, if I get up and have a walk and put on some great music, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to clear those negative thoughts. I'm going to be more positive. And that's resilience. So, am, am I correct in saying then that it would it would it would be when we're talking about resilience, we're really talking about how to move forward, yeah, if possible. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's the small things, especially not right now with COVID. People are expecting massive things from from everyone, but actually, it's the small little things that you can do every day. So, for me, um. <laughs> I write affirmations down so every morning when I come downstairs. I'm working from home at the moment. It's very lonely. Um, you can feel very excluded. So every day I write an affirmation down. And sometimes they're quite funny. And I don't connect. We might be able to edit this bit out. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Um, I, ideally not, if not, but I can bleep you if you want. Do you want to say what you want? I can bleep you. <laughs> So my one for today is because I was doing a, I'm doing, obviously doing this podcast is Jill, just don't be. That literally was my mantra for today. Makes me smile because it's funny. And hopefully I won't be, so that'll be okay. But it's little things like that is about being resilient. It's, it's maybe having that music on, having something up on the wall that I can look at and go, yeah, absolutely. That's me today. Um, don't think we need to go to the gym, run 15 miles eat all these things we, we don't need all of that we just need to do little things and remember and it, what we've done to make us feel better so that we can go back and use them again the next time we're feeling the way that we feel so what, what i'm hearing here is is it's it's actually a very very individual approach it's not just about you know yeah. this 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 uh kind of blanket approach which actually i think would explain a lot why you know when you and correct me here if I'm wrong, where you, where you have kind of people like motivational speakers online the last few years have become huge. And for some people, they just resonate and they just get it. And other people, they're just like, this thing doesn't work. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's because they're they're trying to apply this the blanket to everyone, whereas actually it's very, very individual. It, it absolutely is. And that's why when people say you need to be more resilient or be like them, they're resilient. But I'm not them. So that doesn't help me. 
what and, I can find is what works for me. Because I, I, I don't want to quote you directly, but I might be slightly paraphrasing something you said in the conversation we had before recording this, where, where we where I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you said something along the lines of, you know, you can be resilient and still cry every day. Do you know what I mean? Like that there was, there was something like that that you would, I may have misquoted you. Absolutely. As I said, resilience isn't about these massive big wins. Resilience for me is about, um, I mean, I don't mind sharing this and I'll, I'll share it. As you know, I had to have surgery this year and everybody kept telling me I'm really strong and I really had to get through it. But actually, I wasn't. All I did every day was I planned what I needed to do. So I needed to go out for a walk. I needed to do this. I need, and that was me being resilient. So that's all it is. It's not it's not these big things. Um, some of the most powerful people in the world, people are, are vulnerable rather than resilient. And the vulnerability helps them because they understand themselves. So they understand what they need to do. It sort of reminds me of that. Um, there was a meme that went around the internet uh, a while back. It might still be going around where, where it said, you know, the, that uh, being brave wasn't not being scared. It was being scared and doing it anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that for me is that it, it's just for all you guys who you think I need to be resilient, I need to be this. You probably are anyway, but recognize what you're doing and make a note of it and capture it. So then the next time you're going through a period of your life that's probably stretching you or challenging you, go back and think, what was it that got me through the last time that I'm not doing now? So what would be a good way of doing that, of kind of capturing that moment or kind of maybe evaluating what you did before and how you plan now? What would be a good approach? For me, make a resilience plan. I'm, I love I love a good plan. I love a good spreadsheet. I love I don't like spreadsheets. Actually, that's an absolute lie. But I do like a good plan. And I've, I always plan mine out. Um, but a resilience plan, just literally capture what it was. So capture those um, things that helped you through and got you through that time whether it be talking to a friend but then again capture who it was you talked to capture some of the things that they said to you to help you and are they the right person to go to again um, think about what activity you did did you walk did you swim what is it what what did you do think capture it uh, what kind of music did you listen to capture it and then think about the strategies that you use, so your resilient strategies. So for me, I just said it, I plan. So, or I'll research. So if I'm going to have some surgery, I'm going to go for an interview, I'll do some research. If I don't get the interview, I'll have a look at what I need to do differently. And again, I'll research some techniques so that prepares me better for the next time. So they're all strategies and all things that you can do to help you be resilient. And you can just build on that. Do you know, it's interesting because at the moment everyone's talking about, you know, oh, you, sh you should be extra kind at the moment to everyone because of COVID, which, you know, obviously we, we would all agree with. But it's that whole thing as well of, what, again, what I'm hearing is you need to be kind to yourself and you need to give yourself a break because you're probably already doing all the stuff you think you're not doing. Absolutely. There's a great, and I love the saying, is if you go on an aeroplane and you're ready for takeoff the air steward or the yeah the air steward always tells you to place your oxygen mask on first before you apply it to other people and that's self-care it's about thinking about you for a moment and recording some of the things that really work for you because they're the things that will help you through absolutely i i, I really like that um I use that as well myself. Um, so in, in terms of like, you you were saying make an action plan and and capture it. 
is there, is there any way we kind of maybe dig down into that a bit deeper? When you say capture it, are we talking about journaling? Are we talking about recording it on a, on a voice note? What, 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 what ways would, would you recommend? I would all again, I would always go to what works for you. So I'm I'm a bit old fashioned. Um, so for me, I like to write everything down. I have my books. I, re- I can refer back to them. Um, it means if I write something down and I need to ref- if and, I, and it's going to work for me right now, I can have it out so I can look at it every day. So it reminds me what I need to do. Um, if journaling's good for you then there's a great app out there called one second a day and you can actually fill in one second a day but it gives you a journal so you can write down actually what's happening so when you go back to it you get a whole video of the year but you get all your journaling as well so that's a really good cool thing my daughter actually uses that um if you want to do voice notes or audio whatever it is video whatever it is that works for you whatever your I suppose the best medium to take it in that that's what I would suggest there's no set set way of doing it apart from your plan needs to probably have I would think four areas to focus on so think about the things that you need to do the things that help you get there the people that you speak to and any sort of research or planning I would probably keep it to those four things would it be fair to say that the kind of when we talk about resilience and we talk about coaching that there's almost a, a, a there's an interwovenness between them because some of the things that you're talking about now about you know resilience planning just from personal experience I know you've done with me in the coaching planning so I, I can see that kind of doubling up there is that intentional or is that just the way things work um I think for me it's not intentional but I think it does work or it's proven to work so I wouldn't say it's an intent the, the, my intent's always ever just to be to be helpful but I think the anything that you do if you capture it and you refer back to it it will always help you in the future because it's a learning and and again that sometimes coaching is all I'll help you do is find out how you did it in the past do you still want to do it that way or is there a different way and I'm not even going to say better because it's different and and, uh, as well I think it's probably a good point to to bring in something that you uh you mentioned when you were coaching me uh, initially which is that you have to be willing to help yourself you know you have to be at that point and so many people for whatever reason when they come in looking for help or maybe who don't come in there might be someone listening to this right now who just decided they're not going to come in for help because they they're not ready to do that but that isn't that that's a hugely important part is it to be able to listen to that advice and take action and move steps forward Absolutely. Coaching can only work if you're open to it. If you're closed off. So if we go back to that very first meeting, you were very much like, yeah, she's not going to help me. I'm not moving forward. I'm staying where I am because I actually quite like where I am because it gives me some kind of energy. Um, and it can be a negative energy, but you don't see it. But you, it gives you it gives you something, a feeling that you you latch on to and you like it because it's comfortable. Um, so you'll stay there. And if if that's where you are, it doesn't matter how many coaching sessions you have, it won't work because you need to be able to think, I'm here because I want to be here because I want to change or I want to change something. Um, and that's when coaching can can really help. And just to kind of use my uh, meeting with, your, with yourself for, for that, for an example on that, because uh, I know you said you don't remember the, 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 the little bit that I mentioned before, but to kind of go into a little bit more detail, the, the bit that I started laughing at when I, the bit I referenced previously was um, you kept asking me about a, a particular viewpoint and you, you're basically, you're, to cut a long story short, your viewpoint was, was that I was so focused on trying to get this new job, I'd stopped respecting the job I was in now. 
and you kept asking me, I think you asked me the same question about eight times, but using different words and different, I remember one stage you even leaned back and kind of went, and then like, as if you were trying to like, not annoyed, but kind of trying to find a new way of asking me the same thing. And I, I, that was the bit I think I thought I was like, I was about to walk out. And then you, you said it and I just, I just, I got it. I got the point and I just hysterically started laughing. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, I just wanted to give a bit more context to that because it, there, you know, there is an important element to kind of wanting to help yourself and kind of, um, you know, moving forward isn't easy. Everyone has challenges. Everyone who's listening to this is going to have their own problems. You know, some will be very dramatic, some will be less dramatic, but it doesn't mean that they're not important. They're, everyone has issues uh, and everyone tries to kind of, you know, has, has challenges, I should say. It's it's very scary. It's a scary world putting yourself in front of a coach because they are going to expose something about you um, and, and there's a vulnerability there straight away. Um, for anyone listening who... who who, who thinks coaching may work for them my sort of uh, my warning for them would be if you don't feel comfortable or there's no you you don't connect don't continue there's got to be a connection there there's got to be a connection there but there's also got to be that truth there that your coach will push you like I kept going with you because I, I, I knew it was there I just needed you to see it and I probably would have stopped after that question had you not laughed because I was thinking he doesn't want to see it yet um, and no matter how much I hold the mirror up to to him he doesn't want to see it yet and if you don't want to then that's okay there's a reason for that but then you have to ask yourself the reason why you don't want to move forward and and usually it's because people feel quite safe where they are because it's quite scary to step out of that and I totally get that totally understand that one of my, one of my motivations for doing this podcast is to kind of to highlight the the importance, I suppose, of 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 that, of that action, and you don't necessarily need to do it with a coach. Just even just self-reflecting, because so many people go in and and um, do degrees that, let's say, that they the subject really kind of lit them up three or four years ago. They just totally got it. They were into it. By the end of it, they realised, yeah, it was good, but actually, I want to do something else. And then they, some people find that transition very easy. Some people really struggle with that transition um, and kind of letting go of the decision they made three or four years ago. And it's it's just it's I just wanted to kind of put it out there that's one of the motivations for this this podcast in general is just to kind of encourage people to reflect on their their actions and on their their decisions and their coaching and and yes to warn you if you do I take I totally recommend Jill as a coach but if you if you uh, if you take her up she will push you I promise you that she, she does it to me every time we, we we seven years on I promise you there's still <laughs> I, I always come away from our conversations uh, having grown a bit and that is a, is a really good thing um I want to kind of come to. We've talked about hopefully doing this as a as a as a two-parter, which we will we'll will strive to do. But for the end of today's episode, um, I was just kind of I, we may be kind of going back over some of the points you've already raised, but I thought it might be good to kind of put it in a uh, in a kind of succinct ending point. If you had kind of a handful of of points to make, let's say three for argument's sake, your three top tips for someone who wants to be more resilient or wants to kind of learn about um can be more coachable, what would they be? They're going to be three different points if you want, because I realise being coachable and being resilient are two different wow. things. Okay. Um, am I allowed to recommend another person to listen to? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So for resilience, I would definitely um, listen to someone called Dr. Bill Mitchell. Um, 
and you'll find he probably echoes and mirrors quite a lot of what I've said. Um, and he has a little scoring matrix that you could use as well, uh, which is really useful. So I would definitely recommend that for resilience. And I would definitely look up something called the four S's of resilience, uh, which is really a resilience plan. And if you Google that, you should bring it up and it would tell you how to do and how to frame that plan. So it will really help. So that would be two tips. Um, when anyone comes to me for coaching, the first thing I'll always say is just have an open mind. It's okay if you don't want to take it any further. It's okay if you don't want to change, but go to the session with an open mind. And if you go with a true open mind and you're truly present, then who knows what might happen? To end today's episode, I have a bit of an offer for someone listening out there. My original plan for this episode was that it was going to be a two-parter that I was going to release at the same time. The first one being the episode you just heard, kind of with Jill giving a bit of a background and insights into coaching. And the second one being a, an example of that, where I would find someone who was having a bit of a career issue and who would be happy to have a coaching session with Jill that was recorded. And um, then kind of to put it out there as, a, as an example, I suppose, of the experience that you, that someone can go through when they're um, being coached. And if you are interested, um, then I'd love to hear from you. You can contact us via our social media channels or you can drop us an email at info at graduatecompass.ie. Basically, what I'm looking for is someone who is in the middle of some sort of career challenge at the moment, who's trying to figure things out and uh, who would be willing to take steps to kind of move forward and who would be willing to have a conversation with Jill but also have that conversation recorded to go out there. If you were going to do this, you don't need to use your real name. You could use an alias. Um, and also we would obviously um, blur uh, anything out that would be sensitive if anything was to come up. And it basically wouldn't go out unless you as the the kind of participant were happy for it to go out and for everyone to hear it. If you think you might be interested in this, I know it's a bit of an unusual thing. I haven't heard it being done in other podcasts before, but I think it could be really useful, not just for the person getting coached, um, but also to, for listeners of the podcast to kind of have a, a an insight into what it is like to be coached and the kind of the, the process you can go through. So it's a bit of an experiment. Don't know if it's going to work. Don't know if we're going to find the right person to be able to do it anyway. Um, but if you think you might be interested, then, um, as I said, contact us on the social media channels at Graduate Compass, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or you can um, drop us an email, info at graduatecompass.ie. In the meantime, I hope today's episode was useful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Keanu Sullivan. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.